kind of interesting. Uh, we Space junk, essentially. And that's one element that we've talked about, but um, there's others. When we talk about space junk, basically it's, you know, we've put a lot of stuff up into orbit and what do we do with it? And um, how, who polices this? And that's the question that we're going to deal with here. Um, who is in charge? What do we need to be doing to make sure that life down here on earth, you know, isn't completely derailed by something happening in low orbit? And trust me, life would be derailed if the wrong one of these satellites or pieces of technology was taken out. Uh, we're incredibly dependent on a lot of that tech up there right now. I was fascinated to find out that McGill University right here in Canada has been hosting a bunch of other institutions from all around the world to try and come up with some sort of a rule book, kind of, sort of. Um, and, and this month they released their first volume. So to find out exactly what they've come up with, we're going to chat now with Quan Wei Chen, who is the Executive Director at the Center for Research in Air and Space Law at McGill University. Um, Quan Wei, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Good morning, Shay. Having uh, Thanks for having me on the show. So we'll get to the rules and the rule book, if you will, in just a minute. But to start, I think, you know, for a lot of us, the thinking is, is anyone in charge? Are there any rules? Is it completely the Wild West when we talk about space or are there rules there? No, it's not completely the Wild West. And that's the article that we published together um, last week. So there are rules and there have been rules since the 1960s. Um, you know, even at the height of the Cold War, states came together, the superpowers, the United States and Soviet Union came together and said, we need to set the boundaries and establish ground rules of behavior for space, right? So we, for example, one of them is we need to use space for peaceful purposes. And also, no country can claim ownership over our space or celestial bodies like the moon. When we... Okay. Are those rules followed, though? I mean, that's part of the question, because we know there's so much stuff up there. We know that there's been yeah. testing and there's been missiles. So are those rules being followed? Yeah, they are They are being followed, by and large being followed. Um, and the, the, the problem is, um, you know, the, these rules were drafted, you know, at the United Nations. States came together, agreed to these fundamental rules of international law that apply to our space and space activities. But, you know, Space technology and space applications have moved on. Right? The technology has yeah. evolved, and, and there's increasing, like you said, increasing reliance on outer space. And there's also um, more, you know, presence of commercial space actors that are using space for different purposes. Right. So the the purpose now, the importance is to clarify how these rules still are applicable to outer space. Right. We cannot just go up there and pretend that this is like you like you said the wild west. It is not the Wild West. And at, since the very beginning of the space age, the you know, states came to the agreed this is a, a domain that's a shared global domain. Uh, everyone has an interest in using outer space, and we need to make sure that it's used in such a way that's peaceful, safe, and uh, lawful. What are the risks here? I mean, you and I have both said, you know, we're really dependent on some of the tech up there. What are the risks potentially if something does go wrong and one of these satellites or some other piece of technology is taken out? What is the risk to us down here on Earth? Sure. I mean, I mean, this, you know, this conversation we're having, I'm, I'm on the East Coast, you're in Alberta. You know, this conversation we're having is facilitated through the mobile satellites, right? And you mentioned the countries facing a health crisis, and some of the ways that you know have been used to address this is, for example, through telemedicine, where nurses and doctors can commu communicate with remote communities, so that they can at least have access to 
healthcare, or people can have access to healthcare when hospitals are being shut down, right? So there are a variety of uses that we don't realize are so important in our daily lives. Yeah. Um, communications, navigation, you know, getting home um, or navigating from one place to another. These all rely on satellites uh, in low Earth orbit. Right? So these are the risks, right? Imagine not being able to navigate or not being able to communicate. I mean, that will be have um, devastating impact on, on our economy and our society as a whole. And, you know, the things that threaten it, uh, space debris, that's a big one, right? Just all the junk that's up there. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, humanities, his, you know, historically we've been using, we have the attitude is, you know, we just use it and we dump it there. Yeah, yeah. We did it with our own planet, and unfortunately this is what we're seeing up in space as well. Um, we've we've launched thousands and thousands of space objects, satellites, up into a space, and when they, you know, are, you know, no longer operational, we just leave them up there and pretend that it's not going to be an issue. But, you know, you mentioned... Um, there's a lot of space junk. There's tens of thousands of pieces of debris, uh, or, or even even millions of pieces of smaller yeah. debris, like bolts and um, gloves that are, you know, unfortunately have floated away from astronauts. Um, these are up there, and they're all circulating around space. And the chances of a collision, unfortunately, is, is increasingly high. And we've also seen some countries in the world testing missile systems targeting satellites, which not only take out that satellite, but create an immense amount of space junk, correct? That's right, yes. So, so a lot of countries, and I'm not going to name names, but you know, a lot of countries, China, U.S., India, Russia, recently in, 2000, in November 2021, yeah. they've all tested um, what they call anti-satellite capabilities, right? So it's, it's, it's for them to demonstrate that we, how we have the ability to do so, um, it's, it's sort of a deterrence, but you know the the consequences of such test is that you know you're creating much more debris up there, um, and it's already a major problem without the creation, intentional creation of such debris. Um, but you know, imagine if there were a conflict-like situation where states start shooting at each other's space objects. Now, that would again, you know, it, it would knock out their satellite infrastructure, communications, and yeah. so on. Uh, like I mentioned, it would have a detrimental impact on people, our, our lives on Earth. Yeah, for all of us, for all of us. So this McGill manual, uh, let's get into it. First of all, who was involved? Who, who worked with you on developing this? So we, um, we, we led the project, but we, we, we felt it was very important that it's not just a McGill-led project or it's a Canada project, Canadian project. It has to be representative and involved experts and opinions, perspectives from around the world, right? So we have gathered experts from China, Russia, U.S., uh, different parts of Europe, Australia, Middle East, and so on. Um, and the, the reason is because, you know, we are not writing the rules. As I mentioned, the rules are there, yeah. but the rules need to be clarified for you know, modern context, modern application, right? We didn't imagine back in 1960s when these uh, international rules were drafted that we could go to the moon and exploit, for example, resources potentially, right? But this is going to happen in the next few years. So our purpose is to, to again, underline that the rules are there. Now, how do these rules apply to, for example, dealing with the issue of space junk? Yeah. How do these rules apply to dealing with the issue of potential, you know, interference with satellite signals uh, or communication signals and so on, right? And like you say, the rules are there. They've always been there. They've always existed. I guess the question is, 
How enforceable are they? And is that something that you're looking for other countries to sign? I mean, obviously, you're just putting together the book. But I mean, how, in terms of enforcement, that's really the other piece, right? Yes. I mean, you're right. I mean, that's, that's a major issue. Enforcement, unfortunately, at the international level, as you, as you may know, it's not as successful as, you know, let's say, enforcement at the domestic, domestic level. Yeah. But I think it's very important to understand, and as we've been talking about, you know, whatever happens in our space will impact everyone, right? A country that shoots its own satellites, creates debris, you know, that debris will circulate in orbit for decades or centuries. And it, may, it will not distinguish between your object or my object if, if a collision were to happen. Right? So, again, enforcement, it, it, you know, potentially you can go to court, countries can take each other to court, but you know, they, I think the important thing is self-restraint, knowing and understanding that whatever you do in outer space will have an impact on others and also potentially on yourself. Yeah, it is a massive, massive area that I think we need to be paying a lot more attention to, really. I mean, this, like you say, it could impact each and every one of us in a, in a very serious way. Exactly, yeah. And, and I think, thank you for the opportunity to, to, to you know, speak about this. Yeah. It is an under-researched and, and, and not known subject. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, every day we use our mobile phones to navigate, to communicate. Yeah. Uh, you use the internet and so on. So, really, we, we need to be... I don't think panic, but we need to be aware and also, you know, raise with governments, with, you know, with our leaders that the outer space is a very important domain we need to maintain for, you know, for the future of humanity and, and, and uh, for our continued, you know, prosperity here on Earth. Great conversation. Um, Quan Wei Chen, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate your time today. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Thank you. Take care. You too. That's Quan Wei Chen, who is Executive Director of the Center for Research in Air and Space Law at McGill University. And it's something that, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter. We don't think about, we don't care about until all of a sudden we do in a big, big way. Like, just think about the Rogers outage that happened, right? And all of a sudden, oh my goodness, now we need to make sure something like that never happens again. If the wrong satellite gets taken out, uh, by a piece of space junk or a rogue nation testing a missile system or something like that, the consequences would be absolutely catastrophic. And um, it's good to see that there's some work. But, you know, this is this is academia talking about this, and the enforcement is going to be the big issue.